0: It's such sad music I can't Yeah, Yeah. okay, so this is our podcast for the Philosophy Freaks Uh, I'm Max
1: I'm Grant I'm Matthew I'm Eric Uh,
0: And uh, we decided to start this podcast um, Just discussing philosophy and theology and various topics Uh, We're a bunch of students at CNU and we just wanted to get together to discuss this thing that we're all kind of big nerds about. If you are a listener from another country, which you probably aren't, uh, that's
2: Christopher Newport University in Newport News, Virginia.
0: That is correct. Uh, but yeah, uh, Greg, do you want to just kind of talk about how we started this what our
2: goals were? Sure. So we all are taking a senior seminar class called The Great Philosophers. And it is on Augustine this year, St. Augustine. And so we're reading through the confessions together. And we're all super interested in these topics. There are only six people in our class. um, So it's a really small class. um, And the four of us have just started talking about this. And um, we're all interested in very similar topics um, in philosophy and theology. And so we just decided, let's start a podcast. We don't know anything, but maybe it'll be good. Maybe it won't.
0: Yeah, and I think a big part of it is just, like, the fact that it's kind of casual. And we don't have really—none of us are experts. We're all undergrad students. We're just kind of trying to figure out our place in the world. We all kind of have different backgrounds. Um, uh, I'm a, I, for one, am Catholic. Um, we, oh, well, three of us have Catholic backgrounds. Sure, sure. But you one of us—one <laughs> <laughs> of us
2: something happened. Yeah, okay. well, I'm— uh, a practicing Protestant um, at this point I grew up in the Catholic Church um, and I'm sure that will come out in this podcast throughout so uh, look forward to that
0: yeah I'm a Catholic and I've thought about it a lot less than you have so it's like it's from my perspective it's just kind of where I am um, but like I, hopefully through these discussions honestly I can learn more about my faith and kind of but it'll be kind of like the duel of the fates between you two try to get me to Choose one side or the other, <laughs> uh, but yeah. Hey, I I'll, we, I'll try too. Yeah,
3: you can, you can try will, it as well. But
0: good I luck,
2: will help you, um, good luck, Grant.
3: We're gonna team up against Derek. I will help you come back from the uh, heretical ways you know, that you've fallen into by birth. Max, don't turn into an apostate. <laughs> um, I have faith in you. Well, I guess that introduces me. Uh, my name is Matthew Marchwinski. I uh, was uh, born, raised Catholic, but I'll be honest. Uh, I uh, was not taught the faith very well, so I have been basically going on this sort of uh, self-education of the Catholic faith and kind of diving into the history and teachings of the church and teaching myself more, and I've been really enjoying that. I am you know, a history nerd, and especially for church history.
1: Wow, I guess that makes me the outlier. I will say that my mom is a recovering Catholic, so I do know a little something-something. <laughs> Um, but luckily she uh, uh, got on the wagon and got out of that <clears throat> uh, rough, rough journey out but you know <laughs> wow uh, I was raised in a non-religious household and I am currently for some reason studying religion in school I guess because I didn't get enough love at home um, and I don't I don't know what to say about that. I guess I'm ready to be convinced to either be Catholic or protest against the Catholics and be a Protestant. Eric, I can promise you I am not smart enough to do that. (laughs) Uh, Or maybe I'll just stay in my Eastern religious ways and uh, practice good karma.
2: Well, I will just say, Eric, I am very impressed by your um, interest in religious studies. I think it's cool. I think a lot of people, especially nowadays, um, don't even take a a chance to look into this kind of stuff. They just kind of decide at a young age, oh, I'm too intellectual for religion or something like that, and they, they move on, but I think it's cool. And I actually think we might talk about that a little bit in today's
0: podcast. Yeah, today's topic is focusing specifically on younger people, specifically kind of like millennial Gen Z, like our generation essentially. I don't really, I, I would call us Gen Z. I'm not really sure where we fall. Um, we're right we're, on the border. We're definitely, oh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, mm. I'm, I'm 20, you're 19, you guys are both 21? Yeah. So yeah. we're right on the
1: edge. We're on the edge. Is there something
3: called the iGen? It's not defined yet. Some people have tried to use it, but it's still not technically defined. I forget what defines a generation specifically, but it's debated. It's okay. definitely just whatever. Yeah.
0: Okay. It, it really doesn't matter, it's but uh, yeah, it, it's okay. we like categories. We're big fans of we, categories. It, 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 humans it, 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 humans like
1: to assign meaning. Yeah. Okay. Dun dun dun. Which I'm uh, sure we
0: will talk about later. Yeah. That's a whole. You can episode. say any sentence really, and we'll be able to talk about it. Like, there's no sentence you can't say that is doesn't relate to
3: philosophy in some way. We're Try, try, to, think, try <laughs> to think of one. Um, <laughs> this is a pen in my hand. Oh, boy. There's what is a it, pen? though? <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's so much <laughs> that you're going to. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm not a philosophy major or minor. I'm just here because I think it's a cool class. So they actually know all this stuff. That's I really don't.
0: I just, I just went with the is it, though, kind <laughs> of method.
3: Why is it,
2: though? <laughs> That's a good uh, way to kind of talk about our credentials, if you haven't heard. Not that we have any, but we're all students at Christopher Newport, Um and I myself am a philosophy major, specifically in the pre seminary uh, concentration. I have uh, minors in leadership studies and Judeo Christian studies, and I still don't know much. So I think we're yeah. all coming
0: in. I'm, yeah. I'm um. I'm just a philosophy and religious studies minor. So I've taken a few courses. Um, I got started on this kind of. By chance, because when I was because seeing you, you're kind of you're assigned classes for your first semester and two of them, actually, one of them was for the business program was business ethics. And it's essentially just kind of an ethics course where they slap on business stuff at the end of it. Who'd you um, have for business ethics? I had
3: uh, Dr. Noctigal. Oh, right, we oh, talked about okay. this. I really like Dr. Noctigal. They sound like a James Bond villain. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And but then I also had Silverman for ancient medieval philosophy, Mm, and mm -hmm, so that's mm -hmm. both the combination of those kind of got me hooked on it. And then talking to Silverman, he said, "Well, since you took those, you're already a third of the way through a minor." So I was like, "There you go. Hey, why not?" So (laughs) I just kind of got more and more into it. I took uh, logic, Um, and so now I'm just kind of taking this as well as a philosophy of religion with Dr. Gardner, who I know you really like Dr. (laughs) Gardner. (laughs) But um yeah, so I'm I none of us are experts, but we're all somewhat knowledgeable on certain things and I think that kind of speaks to it. And we're also
1: we're all young so we kinda have a Oh. We can we can appeal to a certain audience, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I will say after you finish three oh eight you will think you're an expert. I'm, I'm still riding on that train. Yeah, <laughs> still like I, I know I, everything about I philosophy, try to religion myself, but it's getting hard. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole lot of <laughs> reading in there. They're just above us, scram, Apparently, on the plane. I'm hmm. no, oh, yeah. no, not in any way. Um, yeah, I did. I have taken philosophy and religion too because uh, I am also a religious studies major, also with concentration in Judeo-Christian studies, but. I do practice a lot of Eastern religions, so I I know a little a little something about most of the world religions. Um, I'm hoping that the other people around me can teach me something about philosophy as well. Uh, some some credentials, about to graduate, about to have a real con- credential, but we're s- it's it's such a slow road. Right now, we just like
0: YouTube videos and thinking sometimes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: But, uh, um, do we wanna just like get started on the topics? And kind of just discuss?
3: Yeah, I can go ahead and uh, introduce that. So we were going to be talking about today is kind of trends in America, like religious trends among youth and just some of our different perspectives on that and our thoughts and things we've observed. And I guess I'll be coming from the perspective of you know currently what's going on in the Catholic church. And I'm gonna be using you as an example partially, not to call you out, Grant. Not, it's not at all to call, call you out but I'm upset you're, oh, <laughs> well, tough um, so unfortunately right now the church is having struggling with keeping young people and I will give Protestants full credit your youth programs are awesome so much better than the stuff going on currently in America hmm? young life is a cult uh, okay I just want to make it <laughs> I,
2: I just want to make very clear I do not speak for all Protestants in any way uh, and none of us speak for anything I yes. suppose Um but thank you, thank you. That means a lot.
3: You yeah, know, it's not a personal—it's well, it's not a personal call. But like, you are kind of an example about how a lot of people are sort of raised Catholic, and then you know, once they reach a certain point, they just kind of like drop it. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I think that's currently to do with just the state of youth education uh, in the Catholic Church. I know my parish was horrendous and now they've turned it around actually I'm really impressed with how they've done it but they definitely have borrowed models from um, various protestant denominations in terms of you know just like youth programs do you Uh, want to uh, name drop that parish do I Uh, yeah why not the the parish priest at that time he uh, and also the youth director of or now they've moved on uh, St. John the Apostle Catholic Church in Leesburg, Virginia their youth programs were awful very when cool. I was younger very cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah now they're actually really good and I actually know some people in them who really enjoy them so I fully endorse them now but
1: in like 2008 to like Probably like two years ago awful okay. um so you think they lost a lot of young people just because the sunday school was not so i think
3: that that's a big contributor because i know a lot of the people who like were in my ccd classes like because i went to school with them what's ccd uh cat it's like catechumen <laughs> like it's basically sunday school oh okay okay yeah um is it like a replacement for mass no like, no actually it's just in a, it's in addition to oh okay so you go to mass and then you learn actual things at CCD yeah that's the intent But not much learning actually usually would go on unfortunately it's a lot of coloring book stuff and just like
1: basically like busy work coloring Jesus' face basically (laughs) (laughs) oh
0: yeah I just remember I, I actually really enjoyed the groups I was involved in in middle school and high school the elementary school ones weren't as good Um, just from my memory. I don't really know a whole lot of specifics, but I do... And when I got to high school, I only did the high school one for one year, but then, like, the year before I was confirmed, I actually started helping my mom instruct the middle school program. And I just remember uh, one guy in particular, his name was Chris Jenkins, and he was a really big influence on my faith, especially growing up, because... I did. I, other than him, and then I, I was involved in a theater group that was Christian, but it was largely Protestant, so it wasn't really specific to Catholicism. And no, no dis on Protestants again. But um, it was
1: coming out for you.
0: Yeah, it was definitely. It was definitely nice to have that mentor for me because my father's not Catholic, just my mother is. Um, And so I kind of had a... um, Got a mini Augustine. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, like mini Augustine.
3: Uh, Augustine's going to be a big... A reference in this yeah. podcast, I'm That's assuming. I was going to say, and, and kind of answer earlier what you were saying, Eric, is like because a lot of the people who were in you know my Sunday school classes with me actually end up going to school with, and they still are Christian, but they end up becoming Protestant or that sort of thing, or people who just once they got confirmed, basically to make their parents happy, they left. And honestly, with the state of how like the youth groups and stuff like that at the church, where I don't blame them. Mm-hmm. And so it's just something that I definitely noticed within, you know, I guess my own
1: generation or, you know, year, I guess you could call it. I think the important question is how many do you think are like grant who take the time to think about their faith and the theology behind it or do they just call themselves Protestant because it takes less work than be Catholic? That's a great question because cool. my sister actually, um, my sister is now non non-deno- non denominational Christian, Baptist with a cool website.
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: um, we're but, gonna get in so much uh, crap for <laughs> the things we're saying on this <laughs> podcast. Oh, I, I
3: do have great uh, respect and love for different all branches of Christianity. Sure. Uh, I've got family members who are Methodist pastors. I got Baptists. We got everybody. Um. Yeah. Any. Anyways. Um. So my sister was raised Catholic with me. And it was basically, if you're listening, Kristen, this is my perspective. If it's wrong, please feel free to tell me. Uh, <laughs> we'll put
1: it in the next episode.
3: Okay. So it, was, it just seemed basically a rebellion against my parents because there's something they would butt heads over and it wasn't like something that she was like, there were things that she was unhappy with, with the church, which is understandable with, you know, any, there's things you're not going to like with any denomination really. But it was, it seemed mainly just like a way to rebel against my dad. Because mm. for context, my mom uh, was raised Protestant and then she ended up converting to Catholicism. And was then, that through marriage that she was converted? Uh, actually, it was after they were married. They got married by—they uh, were married for the whole thing. But she was not uh, Catholic when they got married.
2: Okay, interesting. Mm.
3: Um, and then later on, she ended up converting. Um, but my dad was definitely much more—he's not hardcore in the sense that he is like— Bible thumper, like you, if you you're gonna get kicked out of my house if you don't do this, like, mm-hmm. but like they would butt heads a lot. Okay, um, so that's just kind of. So I definitely saw that within my own household. One
0: thing I have found kind of interesting about seeing you specifically is how big the Catholic community is here. I've I've talked with uh, people who either aren't religious or are Protestant, and they've kind of like mentioned it to me how it kind of like shocking it is how big the Catholic population is here, especially for just like a Virginia school in general, Um, because my family's from South Dakota, and that's kind of Catholicville. It's, uh, there's like, in the small town, there's other denominational churches, but like, for the most part, it's kind of just like a, a, just a Catholic community, and, um, but you don't really see that as much around here, I suppose, like, you see these big churches, but they cover a pretty big area. So I really don't – I'm kind of interested in the demographics of it all.
2: Well, well real quick, I'll, I'll say you bring up a good point, and I think this comes back to what you were talking about, about youth groups. I think it's – a lot of it has to do with where you grow up and, and what the good youth group is. So I had a very similar example. Religious education at my Catholic church was – Less than less than great. A lot of the, I mean, even up, I, I got confirmed in the Catholic Church, and even up until then, it just was like I dreaded it every time, and it was like, just just the worst experience. And I think a lot of times, as a kid, church is not the most fun thing. Which, and mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways, the the liturgy and the way that the Catholic.
0: Go ahead. Yeah. But just one thing I found interesting is I have noticed among my friends who are Protestant, they have friends from church. They yeah. have like and they like growing up. There was like, oh, I know mm-hmm. this person from church. I know, mm-hmm. and I. I I was kind of always kind of a little jealous of that. Because yeah. I, I, I had friends from church, but the people who I was like friends with at the youth groups we had were generally just like people I knew from my school already. Um, and I did, there's a few people who like I, I still know, but ne- never someone I would like invite to my birthday party mm-hmm. or whatever as a kid. And so it, it was always something I didn't really understand but I think it was just a matter of the different programs. or Because I do remember, I, I, I never really dreaded going to it, but it was always a little awkward. It was like, it's not, it wasn't like, I, I dread going to this, I don't want to go to this, I, I need to do the homework, but it was, I'm just gonna kinda sit there and listen to them talk and kinda not know anyone and not bother learning to meet the people, mm-hmm. and so it was, it wasn't, Oh, it wasn't a bad experience, but it wasn't a
3: comfortable experience. That was somewhat the same with my home parish because we covered a whole bunch of different like school districts. Because in Leesburg, it was there was there was only one church in Leesburg because it's going way back. You know, not many Catholics in the South back in the day, and literally the parish was a hundred people. Um, probably within the last twenty years, it is now thirteen thousand. So. It, there's a lot of people and you don't really get to be that close with them hmm. so that is definitely something that I've noticed that just the differences and now with like I've noticed with the better youth groups at my church I will see them actually like you'll see them hanging out with each other like The younger people, so that is something that is getting better, at least in my home parish. Yes, yeah.
1: that I, I did inject myself into a Catholic friend group that met them that all met at church. So, you know, it's not all churches. Um, however, disclaimer they did have a K through eight school attached to that church, which they uh, all met in, so they yeah, weren't just like that, friends from school. That
0: is true because the, the church I, I, I grew up going to is also a, a school, a Catholic school for, yeah, K through eight, and um. That I've had, that's I found that, but only here. I've ha- I, I have like kind of a group of Catholic friends who I met at church, but that's just in college. I never had that before. Yeah, I had my friends who also went to, who also went to youth group, and I I honestly don't know how many of those guys still go to church. Mm. And that's just I think they just went because that's where their parents drove them. And I I I, I, I don't want to say it's. I don't want to say it's like most of them don't go anymore but i think i would say a good plurality of them just don't bother going to it it's it's really interesting um i want to make a blat- blanket statement
2: now um that or <laughs> just just a mentioned. general statement i'm really not that upset with the catholic church i think i had a um time in my life when i was and it went, when it was a really a big thing but the more i learn through these religious studies classes uh, studying augustine i think Many things have gone wrong in the church, specifically the Catholic Church, and did go wrong in the past. But I I think there are a lot of good things that come from the different denominations. And whether you consider the Catholic Church a denomination or a a whole other thing, that's your own. Um, But yeah, I do think Protestants, just in general, seem to do community in some sense better. And Mm -hmm. I think that's Mm -hmm. definitely... Uh, church to church so like I'm sure there are Catholic churches out there that have a great focus and they have a great youth director but what I I know one thing that was really big for me is just walking into a Catholic church there's something very sacred about it which I think is a really positive thing I think sometimes you know you walk into a Protestant church and it's whatever it's like in a school anything else yes and 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 there's something beautiful about that in that and that you know uh, Jesus can can come to us and the Holy Spirit can be anywhere Um, but I think there's also something that maybe you miss out there on the traditional side but Mm -hmm. but one thing that I noticed going to a Catholic church is you know you walk in and everybody's silent and they're sort of praying and and at least at my church and whereas i walk into to my non-denominational home church that i go to now here in newport news and everybody's out talking and hugging each other and stuff so it's i think there are just a lot of things we can get out of it that are different i think right now for the youth coming back to our topic i think the community they experience in in protestant churches
0: it makes you want to go to church you know and i think well I took so I took a I also took a class on the Black Death, but it also it didn't just focus on the yeah
1: we also you took it as well right? No, I just I, feel like I know everything about it because you talk about it every time. I took really, it yeah. well
0: with Dr. Cartwright. You took it, that's right. Okay. You Matt took it. Okay, so um yeah, but I, it doesn't just focus on like the Black Death itself. It kind of gives you context of what the situation situation was like before and after, and a lot of that involves the Catholic Church. And from what uh, uh, the professor described is that kind of medieval Catholic Church was like the center of community. Like it was it was a place of worship, but it was like you got before, it was pre-cell pre phones, pre-24-hour uh, news yes. coverage. It was where you learned information. It's where you learned things about the community, when events were happening, when things like that were happening. And I think that is, while... While I think church is so, it is its main focus is kind of the sacred space where we worship. It is also a big part of the community, and it still should be because that is what, like you said, what keeps people going. So, was the black death, the black plague? Did that cause that to stop? Is what you're saying? No, she was. She it just kind of. That was just kind of the context she was giving for us. Okay. Uh, I think the main point of describing that was to kind of understand like, it was just kind of giving us a frame of
3: reference for how influential the Catholic Church itself was. Sure. Just setting the scene for the church at that time. And even then, I feel like that idea of community isn't super, it's not just all in the past. Like, if you look at, um, you know, you go to big American cities, you'll see basically a ton of different Catholic churches for just the city because it's all these different communities. Right. And you had all these different immigrant communities and so they were much closer I feel like uh, at least a little bit further back in America's history and I'm sure that there are still many parishes that are close but I feel like mm-hmm. as these close-knit communities kind of dispersed and assimilated they sort of lost a little bit of their community sense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I found that it is it is definitely a community thing. So I'll talk about my experience going to church because the two main churches I went to are St. Mary's Catholic Church in Richmond, which is where I live, and then um, Christ the King Catholic Church in Preshaw, South Dakota, mm-hmm. which has like 15 people in attendance, <laughs> just based on yeah the size of the town. Um, it depends on what time of year it is and whatnot. I've only ever gone in summer. Um, but when I'm there, it they have mass and it's it is like a normal catholic church but at the end it's it, it, it I, I basically i'm saying it is more of a community thing there than back home I, it's partially it might because of the size it might because it's kind of hard to have that many people in a room at once because the, the the church i go to at home is pretty pretty sizable um it's not it's not overwhelmingly giant i'm not in a huge massive mega church but i am in a a larger church that doesn't as easily fit a community of people who know each other because it there is there's benefit to the size of community but there's also benefit to like just like the close-knit connections you have with everyone in the community so i don't know if the, the scale really matters all that much. But yeah, I mean, are there like a lot of programs to
2: get connected? Because I know like this idea of, if you've ever read Rick Warren, um, and his purpose driven life, like well, not not his book necessarily, but his the idea of what he did is he he's like one of the founders of mega churches, and he started these ideas of these of small groups, which is a big Protestant thing, and so they take huge mega churches with a ton of people and they make community in that in that way and okay. I, I don't necessarily agree with all that,
0: but Yeah. I mean, is there well, stuff like yeah, that? Well what I'm I'm more along I'm more thinking along the lines of in in Richmond, everything community related at the church is very still like structured around just this is church. This is a mm-hmm. church thing. Mm-hmm. When I'm in South Dakota, it's kind of just like we're having our community events in the church. Okay. That's cool. And I think that's kind of uh, what I'm kind of getting at with it where it's it's it's, both, it, 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 it's you shouldn't have to be constantly like engaging with the higher greatest things of the church and like thinking about mm. like and uh, obviously that's not the case for but it, it, it leans towards this is com- this is a community place and yeah. i think that is beneficial to keeping people to like encouraging people to stay uh,
1: yeah especially young people i the uh not really a church, but the place I go to on Sundays is definitely closer to the non-denominational church that Grant talked about, where people are talking and meeting and hugging and having coffee afterwards, Um, and almost everybody knows each other, even though there are name tags floating around for the people that go there often enough. Um, And more specifically, there's prayer chaplains, people that will volunteer to pray for Uh, whoever needs it throughout the congregation for a year. Um, There's multiple community events going on and I think that's why the church, for lack of a better word, is successful in keeping in young people um, and not going the way of the Catholic churches.
0: Well, I'll say one more thing about CNU itself in the, community, the Catholic community is a big part of what I found. It, it also applies to the South Dakota church is a big thing is getting brunch after church because mm. I'll we'll go to mass and then after mass we'll all here at cnu we'll go to the dining hall and get brunch together and we'll sit outside or in in a space right now with c- coronavirus restrictions we're kind of limited to outside if we want to really gather but um luckily the weather's getting nicer so we can do that more often um but that was the thing also in south dakota is we would go to the cafe that's in the in the same town and we would get
3: we would get brunch i will say like with my home parish I do act, but it's interesting because there is a community that does build there. So you will see, because there's the main like sanctuary of the church. And then there's these outer like attached sort of buildings where they have like meeting halls and they'll have like donuts or stuff like that. So there is that community where people will actually come and meet up. It is just that I feel like it's such a large parish. A lot of people just leave, but you still do have that community there. Hmm. And that could also just be the culture of where I live, my town, because my town is like it's exploded in population really fast and there's not really that much of a sense of community there, I would say. So that could also just be a reflection on that. Yeah. Let me
2: um, kind of bring this all together because we, we should move on to other topics. I think this yeah. is really good though. And it's it's interesting how you can just talk about this stuff so much. And it, and, and it really does show you that it's hard to make decisions like this and there are different things that go into it. So I think, but what, what I think I've learned here is that we can kind of make a blanket statement that in some sense the church as a whole whether that be the Catholic Church or the Protestant Church needs to do a better job or should focus more on catering to the youth um, and and sort of making these programs better in in the goodness that we've seen because I think for me you know I I was um, my testimony involves young life and that's where I I started a relationship uh, with Jesus Christ and that was you know that's the epitome of uh youth friendship groups that is is all based around around christ uh, specifically uh in a, in a protestant sense but i know some catholics go so i think generally we can make a bl- blanket statement here that it seems that the church needs to focus better on involving community in their youth and kind of making it a thing where churches is maybe a, a more of a fun thing um because um it's, it's hard to have, have youth just go into church and
0: instantly be super yeah. involved in theology. I think that, that comes later, maybe, or... Yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, just focusing mainly on making it a community thing mm-hmm. because, yeah, like I said, it, it should be a sacred place, in my opinion, um, but it also needs to have... It's, it's not... It is a community. It's a, that, that's, that's kind of the foundational, like, important part of it. Like, mm-hmm. you can have a relationship with Christ on your own but to share in that community with the church is what kind of elevates it and makes it makes it make, makes it an important part
3: of um, being a Christian and that kind of like goes on to some of the stuff that I had um, kind of researched a little bit before coming in today uh, when you were talking about it needing to be involving youth more I feel like That the church I've I've heard about Catholic and Protestant church in this is uh, that they've sort of almost gone a little bit the wrong direction in trying to get the youth to come like they've ended up watering down a lot of what they Mm do and that is starting to kind of have a bit of backlash and personally it feels like we don't even really know what it is the beliefs are is there so much watered down and I personally feel like we've been a little bit robbed
1: Mm, I think that goes into one of the points that Grant is passionate about of um, just the watering down of church in general and taking almost taking the theology out um, and the worship out. And now Sundays are just therapy sessions or, or concerts um, or concerts. Yeah, definitely big on the concerts, especially well, on the peninsula.
0: Yeah, I'm uh I'm getting ready to perform at a uh, kind of a retreat for the Catholics because Holy Week's coming up and it's not it's not at a mass. So, I have that, but it is very much kind of contemporary Christian music. Well, yeah, I'm a big music guy. I play guitar, I sing. I I love creating music. I'm in a band. Um, There's no genre of music that I can't stand more than contemporary Christian music. And that's not a diss on the idea of that it could be good because I think it can be but it's just it's just not there. Oh man,
2: I have many opinions on this. So, <laughs> by the way, I would say, you know, I've been talking a lot about the Catholic Church here but I would say one of the biggest downfalls of um, the Protestant Church as a whole and I think it's it, it might be wrong to just group Protestants together in this big thing right. and, and I hope that we can I've been the one doing that, but I hope we can move away from it. But I think a lot of these more youthful, contemporary churches, the non-denominational churches, have moved toward this contemporary music. Um, you have stuff like Hillsong, Bethel, and I've all I went to those concerts. I've seen those, and I think that is one of the biggest things that I think the Catholic Church does does well, and I think that these older churches do well are they stick to the hymns, they stick to the 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 things closer to the Bible, you know, having biblical sure. biblical themes in your music is
0: is great. Um,
2: but that, yeah, go I ahead. think
0: that kind of tells you something about kind of the failures of the attempts. And I mean, if we're talking about the Catholic church, it's kind of confusing, but like the kind of failures to attempt to uh, um, attract the youth because um, I think that's what contemporary Christian music really is, is yeah. an attempt to attract uh, young people. Um, by kind of doing a little more like pop style. And I, for me, I'm super biased because I don't even really like pop music. I, I, I like some pop music, but I, I try not to be pretentious about it, but I, I, I listen to exclusively stuff from the 70s and I'm like, I don't want to be that guy, but I really am. And, it, oh, and I know, I don't, I'm sorry, but it's true. And I, that, music. that music just doesn't appeal to me specifically and I don't want to group Everyone together, but I feel like in the same way, like everyone hates country. Everyone hates country music. But I think a lot of people really, maybe maybe you guys aren't familiar with this. I'm getting looks. I don't um, hate country music. Well, I know that's you a- don't hate country, but I've heard, especially oh, especially okay. in Richmond, like if you if you're talking um, with, yeah. like it's mm. kind of the, the, the trope. It's like, oh, I listen to everything except rap and country, mm. um, and that's kind of like the indie fans, which I'm also not a fan of indie music. But I, at the same time, there's some Indy, indie indie music. Is- Indy, well. I'm in a blues band, which is very, very pretentious, and I'm sorry for that, but. um...
1: So how do you feel about the band in God's Not Dead, or any of the music in the God's Not Dead trilogy? I am have not seen kind of. it. Is it.
0: Is it bad that I haven't, I haven't seen God's it. not good? Wow. Cool. No.
2: Is that Come on. bad? It, well, yeah. I think we're going <laughs> to shelf that discussion. Maybe <laughs> yeah, we'll all watch it together. To God, God. I maybe mean, we watch can do something it.
1: for another week, It's though. a bit controversial, yeah, but that, I won't get into it. Yeah. yeah, that sounds... I have the whole trilogy on my uh, DVD case. There you go. Good. It was a big little present for APO. A big it, little gotcha. present. Yeah. No, well,
0: yeah. I'm just... Like like you said, I'm more of a fan of the hymns, and I think more people than... Uh, the people who create Christian music, new Christian music. I, I, it's an industry. You're the Christian music industry. Mm-hmm. More people than they think l- still like those hymns. And I just remember John Mulaney did a bit on uh, one of his br- stand-up spe- <laughs> specials about psalms, where he's kind of joking about them. He's like saying uh, how psalms are kind of like a almost a song, but not as good because they don't rhyme, and they kind of long, and they a like, oh, Brad, oh God. Yeah, it's like, are you going to sing a song? Yeah, I'm going to sing a song. <laughs> <laughs> but
3: I think, yeah, I do appreciate also, especially, like, when hymnals will have, like, the footnotes saying, this is where this is taken from, this is what this, yeah. this scriptural reference, and I think that's something that is really important.
0: Well, that's the thing. I think, I think,
3: I... This is another blanket
0: statement, but I think this one is true. I think most teenagers want to be taken seriously. Mm -hmm. They don't want to be catered to, like, on a plate, like, please accept this faith, please, please do it. But, like, if you just, like, kind of straight up tell them, hey, this is where this comes from, and it's kind of, it's very traditional, Uh, we take it seriously do you want to as well? Kind of, kind of that approach rather than the kind of like, Oh, we're, we're cool too. Like the, Hey, how do you do fellow kids kind of approach to appealing
3: to them? Just, no, I think you just take them, take them, take them as seriously as you take anyone. I like that. Um, do you want to go ahead? Oh, I was going to say, I think it is interesting how, because I have noticed, um, at least in the Catholic church, there is a decent bit of, I guess you could say a revival amongst like younger people. Um, that wants more tradition and it's baffling the older people. Yeah. Like, the, like there was this one statement like by the Pope. The Pope's like, why do these people want to do the Latin Mass? Are they just like, you know, rigid dogmatics and then like, you read interviews from people who go to them and it's like, no, these are people that are not like crazy extremists. This They kind of don't want this watered down, hmm. somewhat empty faith. Not that they don't find enjoyment in, you know, the like the English Mass or right. stuff like that. It's just... They're craving something, and yet leadership doesn't really can't comprehend why. It's like oh, it's just it's rather frustrating to hear, or then be critical of it. Like there was somebody who was making all these criticisms about the Latin Mass, saying that all the people that were going to them are these crazy extremists who are all misogynistic because of the wearing a veil and stuff like that. Mm. Well, and then you actually, there was interviews, the woman who actually went to the Latin mass no, this is our, this is our choice. We want to go to this. there's not anything pressuring us to do this. Right. And I think that just comes from, we want to be taken seriously. And
0: <laughs> religion is the most serious thing you can do. It's, Hey, let's, let's talk about the reality of existence real quick. Mm. Um, and so to be kind of, to treat it like yeah a concert or like uh, a field day uh, and like when i say field day that's actually mm-hmm. that's actually i like that i like that cuz that's yeah. community but um but to treat yeah to treat it like something that shouldn't be like to treat it as something cool and trendy is kind of a I think that's leading people away rather than bringing them towards it. I would, I would agree with that. I, I have two, I have two statements to make.
2: Um, one, maybe will take us away from worship a little bit. I think this all comes back to what is worship. Let's like break down the word. I mean, we're worshiping our creator as Christians, you know? And so when we make it about us, when we make it about what we like, it's really interesting when we bring our culture into it. So, with that being said, I, I don't think that means we should just stick to the traditions and just just sing hymns. I like to listen to contemporary Christian music on my own. Kind of gets me in a in a headspace, I suppose. Um, but I do think when we're at church, when we're at a service, I think it's great when we have real biblical music. And when we know, sometimes I'll be singing contemporary worship music, and I'm just. I'm confused at what what exactly I'm saying. I'm hearing a lot of eyes, me, me, I, I, I. And it's it's like who are we here for? Are we here to worship our God who who allows us to have relationship through him through um with through Jesus Christ? Or are we here to make ourselves feel better because this music sounds good? And so yeah, I don't wanna make any too harsh statements there, but yeah, I I, I really respect the, the older songs that have those footnotes where you're like, this comes straight from the Bible, from the Word of God and
0: yeah. through the way that He speaks with us. Well, yeah, because there's a, like, I was kind of talking about it earlier in class, but the idea of the difference between, like, true, actual faith and worship and kind of an emotional response mm-hmm. to things that... Yeah, because, like... It's it's kind of easy to confuse that. It's like if you're having you because a lot of the times when you are having true uh, experiences of faith, it can be pretty emotional. But sometimes the emotion is just there by itself, and I think that is one thing that I found going to uh, I don't I haven't really been to a whole lot of Protestant services, but uh, the kind of the services I've been to and kind of the like the music that they're kind of like. Doing and like the the prayers while they're having it is kind of targeting an emotional response, or, and that's that's what I think. And I don't I don't see that at in Catholic services as much. Um, I've I've definitely seen it. I've definitely seen it happen, um, specifically in things like youth group rather than over um, like actual mass. But um, I think yeah, targeting an emotional response isn't quite. On the definition of worship that, you're, I
2: that we're trying I mean, to aim for. And it comes back to just who is this about? I mean, if we're here to worship our creator, why are we worried about what we're doing? And so you have, you kind of, I think you have to strike a balance, though, because I started going to um, a Reformed church back home, a Presbyterian PCA Church. And I think, I hope this is, this is correct, but there's a funny saying that they have for Reformed churches called in, in worship specifically called frozen and chosen and chosen is, is talking about kind of their, uh, their focus on predestination and the elect and we're the chosen people of God. And in, in that sense, and then frozen is when they worship, they're just standing there very, very quiet or not quietly. I guess they're singing, but there's no hands up in the air and all of this stuff. So, yeah. I think, I think maybe we need to find a balance there. I do think that, you know, the things that we're singing, especially in hymns, and we're rejoicing in God and we're lamenting and all of these different things, I do think it should elicit some sort of reaction from us. I do think we right. should be, I mean, I don't know, jumping up and down. Cla- I mean, that sounds weird, but, I mean, if, if we're truly worshiping, maybe we should be doing that stuff. And instead of just, you know, worrying about what other people are thinking of you, I think we should be joyful in our, I mean, we're here to worship our Creator. How cool is that? but i think you need to find the balance between is the music is the music causing that emotion because the music sounds good and it makes you feel it makes you feel good inside yeah. or is it the fact that you are christ is present you know when two or more are gathered in my name i am there among them he's with us and and i think during worship we see that in in the most beautiful way yeah i i yeah
0: i will say that in that type of Worship. I think there is. Well, it, it, it's hard to kind of distinct between the emotional response, sure. but I think it is easier to feel a connection and relationship mm. in that kind of thing. But it, it is it's harder to distinct between that and a emotional response to music or like like well spoken prayer or whatever. Yeah. Um. But and I I think I think Two. to have something resembling that in the catholic church is a is a bit more difficult with the hymns especially when you're young um and especially for those who don't like if you're not really thinking about it too much yeah it's hard to kind of get into like it's very difficult to it's very difficult to judge that because it's on the one hand it's like is this is this really worship and on the other hand is It's better than nothing kind of thing. Yeah.
2: Well, that's a a really great point. I think, you know, one thing that my brother actually, his name's Noah Wiley, probably not listening to this, probably won't, but he taught me kind of at the beginning of worship something that he does is he kind of, being an older person now, I'm 19, I'm not very old, but being being a a youth still, I think a cool thing to do um, in trying to kind of set your heart in the right spot for worship is like, um, just at the beginning of it kind of slowing down instead of getting right into it, just thinking about what is it that we're doing here? And I like to do this with prayer as well. It's like, I think sometimes we just are so numb to the reality of what's going on. Like, And I think this is, all of us are bringing this up, but Eric, like religion is a very serious thing in some sense. Like I think if, you know, be, being a Christian, it's it's not, I think it's, it, Maybe it's watered down now, so it doesn't feel like that. But this is life and death. You know, mm-hmm. C.S. Lewis talks about um, people becoming eternal uh, et- eternal glories or eternal um, oh gosh, eternal <laughs> evil. Something like that. I need to, I need to remember this. But you know, this is an eternal thing we're talking about. So. Mm-hmm and then connecting with our true creator I mean worship is a is a great amazing thing and the same thing with prayer and I think when we just right. we go into it so quickly and we don't think about it we can miss out on that but I do want to transition real quick I had a a little anecdote I wanted to to bring up and Eric kind of made me think of this um, I am passionate about this idea of kind of kind of watered down Christianity in a sense. And I had this really interesting that happened to me, uh, thing happen to me where I decided to start majoring in philosophy, um, possibly wanting to go to seminary afterwards. Um, my brother, he goes to Liberty University, and he also might want to go into seminary after. He, more likely than me, is going to go become a pastor. I'm not sure. And everybody, you know, now that I've expressed this interest in theology and in God, you know, more than just the, this— basic base level sense that some christians have everybody was like oh man you should become a pastor like you'd be great and it's just so interesting to me because i think that's such a modern idea of hey you're interested in god you're interested in learning more about the object of your faith you're interested in theology go become a pastor and it's like I don't think that's the way it should work. I think right. anybody who calls themselves a Christian should be interested in God and should be interested in prayer and right. theology and learning more about their faith because if this is real, if, if if God is real and if the Bible is his word and is inerrant and everything, man, that's, that's a serious <laughs> thing. And that's not a thing where you just want to live your life, you know, going to church every Sunday. I think
0: that's a matter of culture. I think the—and I think— the, the idea of our, our culture kind of doesn't really focus on that as much. Um, it may have at one point, I'm not going to make any bold claims about the culture of the past. Now, we need to return to uh, mm-hmm. traditional uh, Christian values in America. Um, that was a really good. I just heard it in my headphones. I sound just like Alex Jones and I don't know how much of a traditional <laughs> Christian fundamentalist is I just know he's a globalist. But I think I think it is a matter. I think it's slightly a matter of culture because our culture tends to be kind of set on just kind of living your life casually. Um, And I don't I I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. I think I I don't want to I don't want to speak. Without any knowledge of it, but I feel like there are, there have been times in history in certain different cultures where religion has been a more like important thing, and that's and that might just be like a consequence of having a country that ha- allows freedom of religion, which mm-hmm. I do believe in, and I believe that is a fundamental right. Um, but I, I suppose that. Uh, uh, cultures with a more unified religion uh, would kind of push that more.
1: I we did talk about that today earlier. Mm. Grant brought it up in our fancy Spanish class about uh, Saint Augustine. Um, that you know the freedom of religion does kind of uh, automatically waters it down and is like, oh, we're all free to believe whatever we want. That kind of takes the truth value out of it. So what am I doing? Um, Separate point back to being in the right headspace for prayer real quick is what you said automatically reminded me of almost it, almost Jesus' entire ministry of um, combating the fake piety of the Jews mm-hmm. who just uh, prayed so that they could be seen praying and gave alms only when other people were looking and Jesus was like no you're not you're not actually doing it you need to pray in the inner room of your house in the closet uh, and give give to the poor secretly somehow I forgot his anecdote for that one
3: uh, don't let your don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Don't let
1: your left hand know what your right hand's it. Do it very secretly. secretly. I might switch the hands, I'm not sure. but uh, One of the hands <laughs> is giving money to poor people. The other hand doesn't know it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think that just... I <laughs> uh, I think that that uh, it just reminded me perfectly of what you are saying of we got to actually do the do instead of just talk at god or I do, whatever. I yeah, I
0: don't want to be like dissing on anyone, but I have never been convinced by someone like responding vocally amen to like mm, I've never no, been yeah, convinced no. that you're actually feeling it. Like and maybe you're feeling it, but I don't think it was such a I don't yeah, know, I'm not going to yeah, speak for people be, and I don't want to I get you. And, and that that can be culturally motivated and I don't want to assert anything that, that's a wrong right. thing, but I do, I, I've never seen it and been really convinced that it was like a, an involuntary response to something.
3: Mm. I also just thought of this just kind of going off of like what you said, like where the focus is. And I think that also, you know, I realize we're going in circles here, but <laughs> for the music, one thing I've noticed, one difference between, you know, the churches is because, you know, I've been to uh, some Protestant services and, you know, the, it, the, the band, basically, they are on stage and they are center stage. Yeah. And it's completely focused on them and then also after they've finished with their song, everybody's clapping is a thing. Um, yeah. Where Ew. you go to the Mass and you don't clap at the end because it's not I'm not i I'm not trying to say this to all Protestants. This the one I the <laughs> one I'm thinking of particular is kind of a mega churchish thing. We kinda So of just I do not like clapping. To, we kinda okay. just have to
0: go with like uh, like a South Park type approach to this where we're going to offend everyone listening to this and, and so just be ready to be offended by something I it's already started like, be yeah, offended. Right. and if anybody is watching Please which is unlikely <laughs> yeah oh, <laughs> send, us, send us a send us an email and we're
2: gonna, we'll
3: uh, <laughs> we're gonna give you a grant's like p.o box so <laughs> yeah. send me send me some mail we <laughs> will
1: gladly talk about whatever you want to talk about
3: <laughs> um, but yeah and then just thinking about this could also partially be an acoustic thing but like my church is, like, architecture-wise, it's an older church. And so it has the choir balcony behind the parish. So that they're not, like, they're like the music, but they're not, like, a visual distraction sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I also, this is a separate point, but I thought of for just the kind of cultural, you know, there's cultural Christianity versus, like, I guess you say I don't know Religious Christianity Like mm-hmm. that sort of thing That's also something I've noticed in America That is not just Specific to Christianity I, I've noticed That's a bit of a thing uh, With Judaism Like my one cousin He is Jewish But I don't know That he is particularly Any sort of Religiously observant And you know I feel like There's a, a Decent percentage Of people who would Identify as Jewish Who are not identifying With the Jewish religion But it's more of a cultural Or mm-hmm. uh, ethnic thing Yeah I have
2: a couple points here one thing Eric said was you know talking bringing it back to prayer and this kind of idea that uh uh, you know the the Pharisees and how they prayed and how it's interesting well just just going on the topic of prayer I think it's so important for the youth um especially with with Christianity I mean spiritual disciplines have just been totally lost I think and I actually have a research paper here um I don't, I'm not going to get too deep into it, but it's, it's based on surveys and it's like the amount of people who regularly pray is just dropped insanely. The amount of people who regular regularly read their Bible has dropped. Um, And so I think that's just a huge thing of this, you know, if you're not doing that, if you're not staying in the word, um, if you're not praying, what is, what is your faith? And I think that's, that's one thing that it really comes back to. And I think it's because, um, I think I might have mentioned this earlier, but it's it's sort of this, you know, we're young, we'll pray later, stuff like that. You know, Augustine says, <laughs> oh, "What does he say?" He um, says, uh, like, "Lord, I'm paraphrasing, but Lord, give me chastity, but not yet." Yeah. <laughs> and it's this idea of like, you know, I think for us in our culture, and maybe we'll get into social media in a bit, but this kind of you know the the busyness we're in. If you want a great book to read, uh, "The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry" by John Mark Comer, definitely read it. um Great, great book. Very important. Um, yes, I think Are you I'm. Write it down, Matt. Uh, yes, I am, I am a dude. I'm, I'm so just going to get all
1: of my book uh, recommendations from Grant from now on. Yeah, I, I will I, buy
2: you the book. It, I, what was it called again? Uh, Ruthless elimination of hurry. By John Mark Comer, but basically the the premise of this book is just we live in, in our culture, we live in this busy society. Where you know, ask any college student. Yeah, in fact, you might have said this today. Well, you said you were stressed today when I asked you what was going on. But yeah. <laughs> ask any student, how are you doing? They're going to say, "Oh, I'm so busy, man." And yeah, and I think, and he talks about making it an, an ambition to live a life of of you know calmness of of not busyness, the opposite yeah. of busyness, because. We, we look at prayer and it's like still up to this day, you know, sitting down in the morning and praying for 15 minutes sounds like the weirdest thing I would ever yeah, do. It's yeah. like that's the biggest waste of time ever. But it's like coming back to that. I keep coming back to this. I hope I hope that's a good thing. But, you know. When Christ died on the cross, we were given the—and I think we've always had the ability to pray, but now specifically because he, he is this mediator, he's, he's he's taking care of our sin, we are able to pray through Christ, through the Holy Spirit in us, to God the Father. and. That is
0: just not a thing that we do anymore. Well, I, I, I want to bring that to social media, like you were saying, because I... Okay, so it's right now it's Lent. Uh, Holy Week's coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing I gave up for Lent was um, I now... I, I used to just like spend uh, hours just on TikTok and Instagram and social media in bed when I was just like chilling, and now that for Lent I was just like no phone in the morning or at night. It can't be like the first or last thing I do. That's amazing. And I, it, the amount of like clarity that has brought uh, it's reduced stress. I'm I'm reading books now. Like I yes. I am not a I've never been a good reader until the I mean I I get like. Excited, And I like read a book. And I'm like, wow, I read a book. And then yeah. I, and then I stop reading well, yep. it. Like right now I'm, yeah, I'm, I've am i been reading every night. I'm, and it's just, just a very, it feels like a breath of fresh air. The fog is gone. Yeah, the fog, fog is
2: gone. I'm just. Let me make, I, something was so interesting that you just said there. And it's so true. You said, you know, you'd wake up in the morning and be on your phone and you, before you go to bed, you're on your phone. What does that say about? what we value like yeah what the first thing that we get up thank you go ahead but The first, yeah we set our alarms we pull our phones out we check we scroll through and then
1: at night i mean i'm in bed scrolling through my phone whatever how what does that say about us i i think it comes back to something that uh, i'm gonna say i only realized this in college after taking a bunch of related studies classes um because of the home that i grew up in of like I I was walking out of class one day, one of my Christianity classes, and I was like, just had an epiphany. Wait, um, people actually believe this, like, full-heartedly. This, like, this is their true worldview. And then my next immediate thought is, okay, what are they doing with their lives? Why are they on their phone at night and in the morning? Why are they worried about grades? Like, it just didn't make sense to me. If you uh have this savior for you 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 have this personal connection to every aspect of the trinity that's uh 100% invested in your eternal success and happiness w- what are we doing worried about grades being stressed um you know bring it back to the bible again of uh jesus's little little passage on um not stress. What's the... Uh, mm. Give me something. Yeah, my Bible's all the way on the other side <laughs> of the room here. Uh, Are you talking about the, uh, the hand thing? Yeah, after the hand thing, where he's talking about the new law. Uh, eh, we'll come back to it. Yeah. Oh, um, Jesus is like, don't fret, man. Yeah, God's yeah. going to provide the bread. Right. I think that...
0: Oh, oh Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say about the, the cell phone. I think it's just like... It's a matter of a few things. I think it's a matter of, one, we're all ad- <laughs> compulsively addicted to our phones. Sure. So I'm not you,
1: Grant, anymore, Mr. Flip Phone. Okay. Mr. I, 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 am, I am jealous that you are able to do that. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm partially jealous. It's just how am I supposed to communicate with people that only use GroupMe and Snapchat? That and is, that, yeah, that's yeah, yeah thing. That's, that's a
2: really great point, but I would say it's kind of that thing, that passage before where you're about to say, you know,
1: if... Your, your right
2: hand is causing you to say and cut it off. You know, we can't be caught up on these little things. There's always going to be something. Yeah, oh, I can't use group Me. Right. Oh, I can't use Snapchat. Always, yeah. It's always going to be something. But if, again, coming back to what, just, what Eric just said, you know, if we believe this is true, if we believe that Christ died on the cross for us, if we believe the gospel and the good news, why would it matter, you know? Right. If it's coming between us and prayer, us and, and hearing God's word, then right. throw that thing away smash it. Right. But I'm not saying you have
0: to and I right. want to make that very clear. Yeah, and I and I think that's where uh, what what I did is I think that's a, I think I'm going to continue doing this yeah, after that's Lent. Awesome. And that's the beauty of lent is it's just like hey, I'm going to give up something and then you realize I'm much happier. Yeah. I really enjoy life now. And so I'm I'm just going to keep doing that uh, just cuz yeah, I I, I might, yeah. I might re-download the like. I deleted some apps to help with it, but mm-hmm. I might just like re-download those. But continue doing it. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, I mean, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see where it ends up. But I just, I just. We're gonna hold you to that. Just to have, yeah. Thank you. Um, but having a healthy relationship with the phone is, I think, it is beneficial. But it is
3: easy to fall back down that rabbit hole. Um. I, I feel like our culture, we have such a emphasis on having to always be doing something like even if you're spending leisure time, can't just be doing nothing. You have to be doing a hobby, an activity, something. You can't just like just go sit and just like do nothing. And like our culture is so focused on just busyness and hurrying that it almost kind of is hostile to faith and there's this example that i'm thinking of and i forget the guy's name there's this man where he this actually is like a real person i'm not just like speaking in a uh, metaphorical thing there was this guy and he was a chinese man in china and he was actively being like persecuted for his faith and he was beaten and thrown in prison and he was like somebody with an incredibly strong faith and he didn't give up making the time to worship or like that was it was his priority and he ended mm-hmm. up um, emigrating to America, and he even stopped. Just like eventually, he ended up stopping going to church. Not that he didn't mm-hmm. believe in God. It's just he goes, "Oh, I have to. I have to run my store. I have to run my shop. I've got stuff. Yeah. I have to work." And it's just this whole idea of that our society kind of kills faith in a way to with use that some, busyness.
0: Go ahead and use some alliteration. A culture of chaos, one might say.
3: Wow. <laughs> yeah. There's always we're always being bombarded with all sorts of oh everything's terrible everything's chaotic you need to work harder to make sure you're going to be stable in this chaotic and i do think
0: that is relatively new like it's always it's always kind of been a thing but i think with the technology we have i think that's just amplified it's definitely a thousand
1: percent technology thing everybody expects everything to be bright red and accessible as soon as they need it so breaking news has to be more breaking and more dramatic and more red yep um but that's also something that i got from growing up in what you guys would call the country but there are trees around and my father and i just like sit outside and obviously we have a bunch of animals outside that we do not eat putting that out there don't eat the animals um they're all pets uh and we just sit outside in silence and look at the trees or talk about the birds or talk about the trees um And he, of course, is an old person, so he knows nothing about his phone. And then when I'm with him, I don't care about my phone. We just sit and talk. Obviously, neither of us are praying, per se. Um, But it's that same centering feeling that can connect you to nature creation, um, which is helpful. I will bring up that that kind of living is... We are
0: not going to be, dis- we're not covering the problem of evil today. Mm. That is another day. But I will say it's that kind of living that makes the idea of like everything being good and then evil is just like a privation of the good mm-hmm. kind of make more sense because you're like, yes, look like this, ex-. just like you, you kind of can reflect on if like, doing look how nothing, beautiful can this still is. you still
1: see how, yep.
0: Right. Like, and, but yeah, don't want to go I, anywhere deeper in that conversation
3: today. Going kind of off the <laughs> outdoor stuff like, it that it being just in being just fully disconnected from everything and at the same time you are connected to just the, the world around you and just being in the natural world like some of the experiences that i've had where i felt the closest to god and just creation are out in the middle of nowhere like literally like i was on a mountaintop overlooking this big valley you can see hundred, hundreds of miles around and i was just blown away by this just view and i'm like wow this is good this is creation and this is good
1: god is good yeah it was just all the time yeah. <laughs> it was, just, all it, was, the time. It, was good.
3: it was just something that was just like oh like this because i'd been disconnected i've been out in the boonies for a while you know no phone nothing like that and i had felt so good about this mm-hmm. What? Well, I
2: think that's yeah. the, the, this con- and I'll do this is a real quick point. I think that's a concept of wonder wonder um, seeing seeing creation and, and just being amazed by it And yeah in our culture when do we have time to do that? I mean mm-hmm. even even one thing I've noticed recently is walking around the, the campus of Christopher Newport. Mm-hmm. We have a beautiful buildings, okay. Say what you will about the columns and everything, but it's really it especially in the middle of the Great Lawn looking around, it is artificial beauty, but it's really awesome and it's not God's creation beauty. But but we just we're not focused on that. We're we're thinking about the next thing we have to do, yeah. the next homework assignment. We
0: pull out our phones and we don't see what's around us. We don't take the time. Taking yeah, taking a moment to acknowledge. I, I do I do it very rarely, and I want to do it more. But like sometimes I'll just like kind of look and just like look around just the campus I'm on because we, we do have the credentials for that because we, we, we were like we were ranked like number two most beautiful campus or number mm-hmm.
1: number one. I No, I don't know. I don't know. But we probably. were ranked some, should be. some level on most no, beautiful campuses. It yeah, okay. probably should pretty, be number it was, one.
0: It's pretty high. But it was, it's just, and I just take a look, and I just kind of look at the buildings, and I know they were constructed using, like, 21st century techniques, but, like, people, like, they're based on very older designs, and yeah. they're based on the designs of William & Mary, I believe.
1: Oh, yeah, it's definitely just a copy at of William and Mary, yeah. and well, the school was originally founded by William Mary, so right. that but too. Yeah, and just, Virgin- University of Virginia. Yeah,
0: but it's just just a marvel at uh, both the wonder of God's creation, but also the wonder of what men have been able to do. Mm. It's just cool.
1: <laughs> um, I think that's a good point because um, I don't know if I do it just out of personal desire but I think because I'm a photographer one of those other expensive hobbies that I have I just have the habit of looking at frames or pictures that I see around me and I'm like damn that's uh that's pretty pretty yeah uh and it does it does bring you centers you brings you back to the reality makes you uh in awe of whatever you're looking at whether that be the human creation or The divine creation. I'm going to
0: say one thing that is very, very loosely related to this, but I remember, I can't remember it was some video (laughs) of a guy who who loved to paint, and he painted a lot, but he was not good at all at it. He was a horrible painter. It might have been just like, I can't remember who it was, Um, but it was just like, yeah. It was like, why do you paint? It's like, I just like doing it, and I kind of want to like do that at some point. Like it's a matter of like, yeah, we're talking about yeah, just like kind of sitting and enjoying the piece. But think, but slow things like painting or, uh, like whistling. I don't know. Just like <laughs> whistling is a bad example. Whistling. <laughs> you guys really should read that book that I recommended. But I'm yeah. telling you. Yeah, um, it's all I'm about kind to, you But kind of and sitting chat. and doing those kind of just like very easy tasks and. It, but also not expecting to be like, cause in our culture, it was like, Oh, you're a painter. Let me see your work. How, how yep. good are you? Yep. What, if, what, where's your portfolio?
1: Can I find the website? But you put a price on it. The portfolio has to all be collected in one, three inch binders. Exactly. So I can flip through it super quickly. Exactly. Nope. Nope. I'm super. But why, I'm can't totally just, seven, why can't I just, why oh, can't I just pay ranking? What? I have the ranking. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I love that. Okay. Okay. go for it. All right. Cosmo
3: Cosmopolitan magazine says we're number three. Princeton review says yes. we are 17. Okay. who is above Hello. us? Uh, and number three. Uh, this
1: might be University the first time I'm very proud you of Cosmopolitan, Cosmopolitan magazine. Okay. we're behind one Ivy League school. <laughs> Got it. Um, okay. Okay, cool. I have a few points racked up. First one, um, back to Matt's point of being in all. I was going to add to my previous point a combination of ours. of My mother fell in love with my father in the woods specifically because they were in the beauty of creation, and they had known each other, they both are nurses and work in the hospital, so they had known each other previously, but they didn't, um, my mother didn't fall in love until he saw how happy my father was in the woods. And I think I got a little little piece of that of, um, uh, and building off what you said again, of what the feeling I get when I'm in creation, leads me towards Taoism more mm-hmm. than, obvi- you know, obviously I practice Eastern religions more than Western religions, but that's what re- leads me towards Taoism and being in harmony with nature um, rather than feeling a connection to an uh, um, 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 intelligent designer. But I also went back and found a little little... Not parable, but paracopy. Yeah, that, that word. word that I can't say. Pericope, It's like a Bible passage. Bible. It's these added, uh, added, little paragraphs things. <clears throat> um, uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read half of it. Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you eat or drink. Do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after all such things, and your Father knows that you need them." But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, that's what... Okay, now I should find Luke 12, 27 through 31, New International Version. Uh, do not worry. That's what I was trying to say yeah. uh, multiple minutes ago of, you know, if this is really the thing, then... Well, we're kind of in an age of
0: splendor. We're in an age of
1: get anything you want with a few I clicks of the button. I also think that's why young people are going, are trying to find religion again, is like they have everything. They have all the bread they need. Yeah. Um, So they have the time in the day to search out true faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have a really interesting story coming back to
2: something that Max said about... Well, when we were just talking kind of about thinking um, slowing down what you were talking about being on uh, being just outside and not worrying about what's on your phone and stuff like this, Um, it's an interesting story that my two suite mates. I'll name drop them. Ben Vogan and Noah Kennedy. I really hope you're yep. listening to this.
0: <laughs> I didn't know you were uh, suite mates with Noah Kennedy. Yeah. He and I go back to high school. Oh, yeah. He I lived would...
1: in Richmond. Mm-hmm. He's a pretty weird guy. Yeah. This is, he's a good guy, This though. is completely related, but on comms at work today while we were doing some recital, I was like, I joined a band last week. <laughs> <laughs> and the stage manager backstage was like, was it the Midnight Bluesman? And I was like, there's what? no what? way. Wait. Wait, what? Yep. That's weird. Right, you you're going to have to so. wait until after. Yeah. <gasps> <Cool.
0: laughs> the Midnight Bluesman on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and uh, I All think right. we have a Twitter. Let me
1: edit.
0: I'm going to edit this out.
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah. yeah, Noah Kennedy, he's uh, kind of a, um, you know, Jerk. we'll have to have an episode about Bad his guy. mug. I don't know if you've ever... Uh, his mug? He his. It's he's, a mug. He drinks coffee out of it. It's pretty gross, though. Anyways, getting into <laughs> what they told me, it's a little anecdote about they have a, uh, I don't know, I think it's Ben's friend, but anyways, they are talking about she is going to a college I think in New York or something something with art and they have a discord server if you don't know what discord is it's basically just a messaging service for gamers or something yeah. Um, yeah. it's pretty it's pretty good um, but anyways they have little sections in the server for different like chat rooms um, and one of them is called like trigger warnings and in within that chat room there are more and one of them one of the things within the trigger warnings is, Existentialism, um, religion, and stuff like that, oh. and it's so interesting because that seems like the smallest thing, and I'm not making a comment on is trigger that, warnings. Is that a list of like things that like people will say they don't want to be talking about? You can't talk about it in the main chat. You have to go to the trigger oh. warnings, and people don't like can disable. So again, I'm not making a statement about trigger warnings, but it's so interesting because I think this comes back to I think it comes back to. Um, social media to busyness to all of this stuff you know and we talked about different religions who have thought about this kind of stuff a lot like the Stoics memento mori and the different philosophies that have used that remember that you die that was one of the that's what Stoics thought about all day was that we die so we need to make this life count I think that does not apply to Christianity but it certainly applies to the idea of you know we are here, if we are Christians, if we are part of God's chosen people, you know, we, how important is it how we live our lives and how we, how we um, think about God? And so I think this is a huge thing with youth is, and this comes back to social media. For me, one of the biggest reasons that I chose to get rid of my phone was I'm walking to class or I'm in line at, at, at the dining hall. I'm in line anywhere. My first thing that I'll do is pull out my phone, Pull up Instagram. Pull up my text. Scroll mindlessly. I don't care what I'm looking at, but I cannot sit in silence with myself. I can't think about this kind of stuff. And how how much does that apply to existentialism? Thinking about um, uh, thinking about death. Thinking about all this stuff. Right. We don't think about death because we don't
0: let ourselves be bored for one second. It's you uncomfortable, know. too. It's, it's uncomfortable, and I think that it's interesting that it was listed as a trigger warning, because I, I genuinely do believe that trigger warnings are important, and sure. especially for things uh, involving like sexual assault oh, or definitely. PTSD. Uh, yeah, there's just, uh, there's various very, very valid reasons to include trigger warnings and things like that, and I think uh, the whole, uh, the meme that kind of came about it was like, it, it was funny for a while, but it was overdone. Yeah. Um, But I think to a degree they are. They can be important. Um, Sure, sure. But there's a difference between having trigger warnings for things uh, that uh, involve things like mental illness or uh, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder specifically, and things that are just uncomfortable to talk about. Yeah. Because death is real. (laughs) It's something that is, uh, we don't, it's very uncomfortable to talk about, but... And I think that is one reason why people do go to religion, is because you you kind of take a hard look at yourself in the mm-hmm. mirror and say, "Hey, I'm impermanent," and I to to live with to live a short life with purpose is better to live a long life without. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Mm-hmm. Well, it, yeah.
2: What's I, interesting? I'll I'll just say one quick thing. It's interesting. Uh, that thought of, I think we're just so self-centered. It's like, all we think about is ourselves and our own existence. And, you know, being a Christian personally, it's like, you know, digging deeper into the Bible, digging deeper into prayer. I start to realize, I I hope that I become less self-centered. I still have a long way to go, a long, long way to go. But I I start to realize that there was stuff before me, you know, this is not my story. This world is not just about me. And so, it's sort of this humbling, this idea of humility that comes into play, I think is
1: really important. Um, I was going to relate the the trigger warnings chat to the, the things that you're not allowed to talk in, about in the workplace, sex and politics and religion, of course. Right i work in a theater so we talk about those exclusively um and probably insult everybody that we're talking to but if you're in like an actual business environment and you start talking about religion um or politics or sex you're you're pretty close to losing your job no matter if everybody around you agrees or not like you just can't talk about personal beliefs for some reason yeah um and I guess there's a whole podcast about, like, well, why th- it could be useful and why it's... I think
0: it's kind of a... It's because our, our culture um, is very focused on acceptance, mm-hmm. which is, like, I think that is, like, accepting of things... Uh, it, we put acceptance ahead of, like,
1: moral right and wrong... I'll, yeah, I'll definitely go on a, uh, a tangent um, <laughs> on the tolerance bumper sticker. I hate everything about it. If you're only willing to be tolerant of other people, you need to grow up. Uh, I'm just going to end my spiel there. But uh, take the tolerance sticker off your car and replace it with, you know, some like equality sticker or something like that. Yeah. The, the blue one with the with the with the equal sign on it. That's fine. Tolerance, yeah. please. Well, the, um, At least be civil.
0: I was looking for it, so it's a Vsauce video, and I'm a big fan of Vsauce. Oh um, but you were talking about uh, there are things before us, and it just I I, I don't remember what, what the, entirely was what this video talked about. But it's like its title is, and I, I think it's pertaining to this: is our narrow slice, our narrow slice. Mm. Like we're existing in a very narrow slice of the grand scheme of things, and so. For us to kind of it it goes two ways. Cause one you have to kind of put into perspective, I am very small, I am very I'm part of a I am part of something much, much, much grander than us. But also to think about this narrow slice is all of reality for me. Yeah. And I have to fully embrace that, that just this how like however many years between my birth and my death is gonna be all of existence in this realm for me. And so that's just the thought I had. It, yeah, it, it, yes. There wasn't really anything going further from that. I just, mainly I just wanted to quote a Vsauce video title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, well, we could probably wrap things up if you guys are ready.
1: I'd say. Yeah. I'd, I'd say we hit a, hit a bunch of topics. Yeah. Set yeah, our, we talked set about our thoughts, didn't, didn't share any statistics, but, uh, the nuns are on the rise, people. <laughs> Got to combat them. We might even have to make a part
2: two to this kind of topic idea because yeah, I think there I, is a lot more to dig I into. Know, I had
3: a,
0: yes. a whole bunch of stuff. By the way, I'm not saying that to be like, oh,
3: we didn't need to <laughs> talk about <laughs> <know> what <laughs> I want well, to talk yeah,
1: about.
0: have been no, here I, quite a bit. And <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how many people listen to a four-hour podcast. <laughs> we we haven't we been here four an hours and hour, 19 minutes. Hour, 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 oh, that's, that's a fair
1: time. We need to figure out. I do listen to podcasts at the gym, so I do like myself a long podcast. Should I end it now? Uh,
0: we'll, well, we'll give a little, uh, a
1: outro. little outro. Yeah. yeah I mean, all... yeah. Where's your guitar? Uh,
0: I <laughs> wish I had my guitar on me. But yeah, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we had a lot of fun doing this, or I, at least I did. I hope you guys did as well. Let's
1: put a up. poll in the chat. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it
0: a good time. Hopefully we, yeah, hopefully we can continue to do this, um, and uh, we'll try to cover a big range of topics. And uh, we'll get better as we keep doing it. Uh, but uh, we love having these conversations and uh, we appreciate you if you've listened this far. Yeah. And if you have any
2: questions at all, like any questions about us or what we talked about, um, please,
1: please uh, actually email us. If you have anything you want us to talk about, please write it down, post it on the door of McMurrin. And write 95 (laughs) PCs on the top and we will find it. Oh, yeah. Also, uh, we accept smoke signals, semaphore (laughs) flags, and um, signal flares. Uh, Yes, you have to give us a warning so that we're in eyesight of all of these things first. If anybody has a tolerance
2: bumper sticker, uh, a spare one, you can send it to Eric Taylor. We'll put his address in the show notes. All right. Thank you so much
0: for listening and have a great day. God bless
2: you. All right. Catch you there.
0: Amen. See, the issue with this music is it sounds so, so sad. <laughs> We're trying to have a, a semi-lighthearted uh, podcast with just some uh, young people who are trying to discuss philosophy, right. and it starts off with this slow chords on a very sad piano. very. gets you in the mood. It man. does no, get you do in the
3: wrong mood, though. Yeah, it's yeah, cop- the wrong mood. Copyright free.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's copyright free. Uh, what is it? The Mongolia? And uh, throw singing. Oh, that's
1: mm-hmm. yeah. uh, actually
0: really good. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so good at that.
1: That's very I, strange. I did see a uh, the the long tube instrument thing. A didgeridoo. Didgeridoo. I did see yeah. a didgeridoo for sale on Facebook Marketplace recently. So we can record really it ourselves. I think yeah. we should. You know. Let's let's didgeridoo.